podcast with your host, Jake Weaver, engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody, we're back with another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm here today with the wonderful Tyler Panor, but first, before we get to Tyler, I just want to say a few things. Please go to our Instagram and follow us. It's, it's what we do now to stay connected. You're going to find out about the episode. You're going to find out about the, when things drop. You're going to get insightful comments. You're going to get a glimpse into our world at midnight underscore on underscore earth at midnight underscore on underscore earth. I don't know why they make you put the underscores on there. I could have had it all one word, but it just looked a little more legible that way. So go there, follow us. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on every platform, and golden rules, please tell a friend, the other golden rule. And today, okay, so here we go. Today, we're talking about astrology with an incredible human being. His name's Tyler Panor. Now, Tyler Panor is the founder of the School of Living Astrology and a practicing astrologer whose mission is to restore the art back to its roots as a tool to understand ourselves and to live in balance and harmony with nature and the world we live in. His personal astrological journey began in the year 2000 at age 15 and began sharing his services as an astrologer in 2010. Living astrology is the name he gives to his specific style and approach to astrology as his focus is on the present moment and living in tune with nature and its cycles. He's not a fortune teller or a magician. He's a humble astrologer who comes from the heart and is sincere as doing his best to help others to believe in themselves and to reach their highest potential. That's kind of what this podcast is about. His grand vision. I love people with grand visions. That means they're moving forward. They They have momentum. His grand vision is to help restore the art of astrology back into our daily lives in a way that's practical and comprehensible in order to reignite our mystical connection to life once again and to join with other like-minded individuals and share these teachings with the world. It's the responsibility of the astrologers alive now to pass on the wisdom that they've received and to teach the proper use of this powerful healing art. Tyler Panor, how are we doing out there? How are you doing, Tyler? I'm doing great. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. Really nope. appreciate it. No worries. You're an incredibly interesting human. You have so much to share and we want to learn so much about astrology. That's why we're here and specifically your type of, of astrology. But first, I just want to say thank you for being on the podcast. You yeah, t- you're very welcome. <laughs> you're putting energy out there. You're being gracious. You're being generous. I like to talk about how we have listeners in 14 countries. You know, hopefully that grows to all the countries. And you're getting this information out to the world, to so many people. And then those people are going to tell people and tell people. So we're so glad to have you on here. Yeah, thanks. So we're here to talk about astrology. So I, you, as we talked about in your bio, your journey through astrology began in the year 2000 at the age 15. So what happened when you were 15 years old that first called you to astrology? The standard astrology, because this isn't your living astrology. This is the standard astrology, just the astrological mm-hmm. kind of frequency, the astrology, the, the feeling, the vibration. What called you to that? 
Well, well, actually, when I was really young, kind of taking it back, um, I remember the first time my mom was like, you know, your mom, she's a, she's a Taurus. I'm a Taurus, you know, so I'm like the bull, you know, and and your dad, he's a he's a Leo, you know, and so he thinks he's the king. And but you're a Libra. So you're you're a people person. That's why you like people, you know, and I remember kind of just thinking at that moment, I was maybe like nine or ten, like oh, so when we're born has something to do with how we are, you know, and um, I've always been a, like, especially when I was really, really like a young kid, I was the kid who was like, how come? Why? How come this? How come that? I wanted to know everything. <laughs> you know, I'm a very curious person. And, I think that's a Libra trait. Uh, yeah. And, and so basically, you know, hearing about it, and obviously I knew about the whole, you know, back of the magazine horoscope type stuff. Um, but yeah, when I was 15, I was just in a library. <laughs> Um, actually I was, I was kind of like in the, in school suspension kind of thing. And cause I was kind of rebellious at that time. And, uh, I just came across this book. It's, and it's pretty famous one. It's called the only astrology book you'll ever need, you know? Um, and, and I like started reading through this and then I realized there's this whole deeper aspect to it. There's a whole birth chart, you know? And so there's more than just the kind of sun sign stuff, you know? And, um, and then I was like, oh, of course, you know, there's more more than 12 people on this planet. That makes sense. It's more specific, you know. <laughs> and so I got my chart, you know, I went online and used like some free free thing and got my chart and started. I took that book home and I just kind of started diving into it. And there was like it was like just this never ending kind of um, journey from then on you know it was like i i was curious about it and i started getting a bunch of books and you know just kind of studying it on my own um and and it was kind of just something that i was into it was like a a, a personal thing of mine and then later on you know my late late teens i i got into some some you know deeper addictions opiate addiction and um went into quite a dark place and um, ended up, you know, quitting on my own and went through this completely transformational uh, moment in my life when I turned 21 and uh, in the midst of it almost died in a car accident. And um, so this big kind of, you know, life awakening happened at that time. And um, astrology was something that was was there, you know, that I always kind of just, it, it you know, went on that journey with me. And um and then after that, I realized, you know, I wanted to put my life back together. And and so I, I started my own kind of healing journey, you know, trying to p fix my life up. And, um, you know, I was a construction worker. And so um, basically, I just kind of made this turn like, OK, there's something to astrology. There's something to it. You know, I noticed the cycles that were going on, you know, in my chart during that time. And um, but at, out of studying, you know for years and gathering all these books and, and all this information, there was like, there was just a piece that was missing. There was like something I was searching for. I didn't know what it was. Um, and I just kind of got to this point where I was like, well, where, where did astrology actually come from? Like, wh what's the roots of it? Like this thing, this system works, but like, what's, what's the core, where does it come from? And, and at that time I ended up just saying, okay, I'm going to put all the books down and, I'm just going to turn to nature, you know, I, I, so I started just paying attention to the, the actual cycles and, and being like, okay, astrology is, you know, the signs are comprised of the four elements. And so nature, there's, 
there's four elements, you know, fire, earth, air, and water. And so, so, so this is when you started to develop your living astrology, but when, like, as you were younger to back it up a little bit, like, when did you feel like you had a really strong understanding of traditional astrology, which is, mm-hmm. you know, and let's explain actually for the listeners out there, maybe that's never heard of astrology before, and we'll get into your type of astrology, but let's, let's help people understand in a very basic way, the traditional astrology. So you have 12 signs of the Zodiac. And those mm-hmm. are your birth signs, right? Well, so there's the 12 signs, which are, you know, we have fire signs, earth, air, and water. Um, so, you know, it's the stuff we we hear about, you know, Aries, Taurus, Gemini. Um, and so, so, you know, there's, I guess when you say the word astrology to to a lot of people, there's kind of, there's a perspective that has been built, I feel like, over the last maybe 100 or 200 years, which is that kind of fortune telling, you know, daily horoscope type astrology, you know, which is related um, to but, when you what the day you were born. Right. So let's yeah, say it's like, it's you were like born in March. It's all sunshine. Yeah, that, yeah it, it's like sunshine astrology. Right. And it's the very basic sunshine astrology. So the day you were born. Uh, and they don't even, t- in the basic astrology, like the newspaper astrology, they don't really take into the account like the time you were born and the physical place you were born. They just look right. at the, the, the bare date you were born. And then from there, you know, you determine what your sign is based on the 12 signs of the Zodiac. So for me, you're, you're like me, you're a Libra. I'm a Libra. I was born on October 6th. So, I, yep. you know, so that makes me a Libra. And, and what day were you born? October 17th. 17th. We're pretty close. So you're getting creeping up on Scorpio, right? Mm -hmm. And when does Scorpio start right about that time? Like 20 something? I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. Like the 22nd. Okay. Yeah. yeah, That's right. 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 Mm -hmm. So, so then from there you can, we're just talking about traditional astrology for a minute. So from there you can expand out and you can add in things like the moon signs, like, so the place where mm-hmm. the moon was you were, where you were born could be in a different Zodiac style and a constellation. It was in the resting in a different constellation. So you have your sun sign, your moon sign, and then it could go on and on from there. Right. What are some of the mm-hmm. add-ons? I mean, I know there's like houses and what are the, some of the things that when you're continuing with past the moon sign? Yeah. So basically when, when you're moving beyond that kind of generalized, sun sign astrology we're talking about the whole birth chart which basically is from the the moment you were born the place the date and the time how was everything arranged around you in that moment you know so what was rising on the eastern horizon that's what we call the rising sign you know the ascendant also is what it's known as um and you know was the sun above in the sky was it below you know and so it's basically a map it's like this when you look at a birth chart, it's like a two-dimensional map of how everything was around you the moment you were born. So you have the entire solar system, you know, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn. Um, and so how, where were those things located? And that location is what you determine as the houses, you know? So, um, okay. so, and actually kind of going to what you said about constellations, there is a difference between signs and constellations. And this is a big kind of thing that like uh, a lot of like scientists love to like disprove, you know, astrology, like, you know, they're like, oh, well, you know, the, the stars have changed, you know, so actually, you know, you're not a Libra, you're a Virgo, you know, because the sun is actually in the constellation of Virgo. 
but there's a difference. There's a and and a, it's funny because astrologers are like, yeah, we know precession of the equinoxes is a thing. The the stars and the constellations shift, you know, over a roughly twenty six thousand year cycle. Um, but signs are created. The the ones we use in um, you know Western astrology, um, those are created by the the equinoxes and the solstices. So. The zero degree point of Aries is what we would call here in the northern hemisphere the the spring equinox, you know. So that's where Aries begins, and and so so constellations, the actual you know organization of the the stars, those are separate from what we would call signs, and ah, that can be very confusing. That, I had no idea. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm pretty versed in astrology actually not as much as you obviously but i had no idea i thought for sure that it, it rested on the constellations and then when people bring things up like you know people are that are trying to debunk or whatever their trip <laughs> is like you know they want to be negative and you know they're like ha ha see ha ha but then yeah. you're there's actually 13 constellations yeah <laughs> and, but you're clearing that up right now for people actually because there's probably millions of people like me that don't know this so that you're clearing this up that it's not the constellation it's it's where where it was where the stars were initially when you were born explain that one more time i'm sorry so so basically the 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 wheel of of what we call the the tropical zodiac is created think of it almost seasonally it's based on the relationship of the earth and the sun right so okay. the earth travels around the sun and you know there's there's an angle to to the axis so um, so if you actually watch the sun throughout the seasons, you know, the sun gets higher in the sky up here in the northern hemisphere during the summer and then winter, it's it's moving lower, you know. And so um, we have the solstices, which are those two parameters. So, you know, at the winter solstice, the sun hits the lowest point in the sky it will be and it sits there for three days and then it begins to ascend back up higher into the sky. Um, and. The equinox is when, you know, it's it's in line with, you know, the equator, you know, of, of the, the planet. So um, we have the equal day, equal night. So that's the difference is signs are the relationship of the earth spinning around the sun. Ah. Constellations are the backdrop. And that slowly moves over a period of roughly 26,000 <laughs> right, years, which, which is gives us our ages you right know. the profession procession um, of the equinoxes which is where people get the term the age of aquarius and the age of pisces yep. um coming out of the age of pisces going into the age of aquarius right now for people that are wondering um yeah so but a wow. good way to think about it is like a wheel right there's like there's the wheel of constellations which moves at a much longer period of time and then there's the wheel of the zodiac of the tropical zodiac, which is the earth spinning around the sun. And then there's the wheel of houses, which is created by the earth spinning on its axis once a day, you know, so we have the horizon line, you know, <laughs> so basically the directions here on earth, you know, so that's why, you know, other astrologers know, like when you talk about the first house, it kind of sounds like the sign of Aries and the second house kind of sounds like, you know, the sign of Taurus because they're, it's identical cycles, just different layers of time. Oh, okay. So think, think like seasonally, we have spring, summer, fall, and winter. Every day we go through a mini version of the seasons. Sunrise right. is spring, noon is summer, sunset is fall, midnight's winter. The colors are the same even, the, the feeling is the same, you know, so, um, so the you know, houses, like in the morning. So the houses represent that daily cycle that we go through. Correct. That's why they're related to, they're the nouns of astrology. They're related to the areas 
of our daily life? Are we talking about our identity, our sense of, you know, values and self-worth, the things we have? You know, are we talking about our what we'd call our career, our vocation? You know, so they're the, they're the nouns of astrology, they're the areas of life. And they're the areas when we look at our birth chart, what area of the sky was the sun? <laughs> you know, so you could be a Libra, but you were born at noon. So maybe your sun is way up at the Midhaven by the 10th house. But if you were born at midnight, the sun would be at the bottom of the chart, you know, underneath the horizon. So um, so houses give us the specifics, you know, of, you know, like the areas of life that those planets, which are the different bodies, you know, layers of our being, where do they, you know, where do we access them? Where, where do they, where do we work with them at, you know? So is that how an astrologer, a traditional astrologer would hone in on people's daily life they can give, give people a daily reading because they're not only looking at those bigger cycles they're looking at the houses which is the daily cycle and then each layer which represents different parts of time right yeah so so kind of i guess to even put it in a way that is understandable you can think of planets are like the verbs you know okay. in the language of astrology they're the active action points like you know, Mercury is like the thought and the mind body, you know, uh, Mars is our active energetic body, you know, and so um, signs are, they're like the coloration, the adjectives, the descriptive ways that these planets move. And then the houses, those are the nouns, the areas of life that they express themselves through, you know, so, um, so that's how we get really specific. And you can only have houses if you know the, the place and the time of birth. You right. Know, so, so without that, it's very specific information. It's really hard to get a true accurate reading. And, you know, I was thankful to get that information <laughs> on my birth certificate. I don't know if it, the time of birth is as common anymore on people's birth certificates. Hopefully it is, but, uh, but you do need all that going into a reading. So from there, yeah, to get, I mean, you can still do effective, you know, consultations with people, if you don't have the time of birth, I do it a lot. And a lot of times I can actually, through a series of questions, figure out around what time they were born, you know? <laughs> um, so, so yeah, the, you know, and, and it's just as effective. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of ways, so you know, to kind of Before you close. developed your living astrology and then, you know, you're studying traditional astro astrology, which it seems like you really got a firm handle on. So like, how old were you when you felt like you really got it? Where you were like, okay, I got it. You know, was it like around 2010 when you started really, you know, sharing your services? Is that, or was that before? Uh, I mean, I don't ever feel like you really got it. It's a, it's a, it's a never ending journey, but, um, but I, I feel like I learned the basics, you know, the traditional form and many different forms too. I was studying everything from, you know, Eastern, Western, mine astrology. And I was, I was into all of it, you know? Um, but what I came to realize is that beyond all those different layers, it's, it's the core pattern that is really important. And that's, that's really where everything changed. And once I saw that core pattern in a bunch of things, like every, all of the sacred arts have that same core fundamental pattern within them. What is um, that pattern? So it's it's kind of like it's the pattern of, of creation, you know, and if you look at any wisdom tradition, they all work with the same thing, you know, fire, earth, air, water. Uh, you'll see the three modes, you know, um, like in Western astrology, you have cardinal, fixed and mutable. Um, 
which is basically just like initiating, holding, and then changing. You know, it's just these the trinity of life, right? And um, let's see, in Vedic, you know, they have the Vata, Pitta, Kapha. You know, you see that trinity in everything. So they're like um, they're almost like different lenses. You can look at the lens of four. We have east, west, south, north, fire, earth, air, water. You know, um, so that it's like the imprint that the found like the foundational pattern that creates everything is identical because we're all looking at the same life you know so so of course when you start to look at life and the way it moves that pattern will emerge because it's in everything you know kind of like i was saying with the holy times of day it's like the holy trinity it's just the number three is so sacred in so many cultures around the world there's something about the vibration of three that you know, but yeah, mm-hmm. so you're saying you noticed that pattern. So was that when you were in that time in your life where you were, well, like we talked about earlier, you went into nature, you tried to develop your own path. So is this when you were tapping into living astrology and you were figuring this out? Yeah. So I tapped into it actually through frustration in my study of astrology and, and this overload of information and, and kind of just being like, where did this all come from? And turning my eye to nature, it was actually, I was out um, in nature <laughs> camping and I was sitting by a fire and I was like, okay, I understand this pattern, but how does it work? You know, I wanted nature. It was almost like I asked nature to like show me, you know, and through that, it was in one evening, these stories emerged, stories of the signs, the planets and the houses. Um and I started just sharing those stories with people, you know, or just around like campfires and hanging out with people. And so were these stories um, that you like intuited? Where were these stories coming from? Like observing nature, like, for example, the signs, the elements, I was like, OK, there's there's okay. 12 signs of the zodiac. There's fire, earth, air and water. And there's three of each of them, you know, so. So I was kind of like, okay, well, what are the three parts of fire? What are the three parts of earth and air and water? And so fire has a spark and it has light and then it has the heat, you know, and water has liquid water, frozen water, and then vapors, you know, the three earth kingdoms, you know, plant, animal, and um, mineral, you know, and so... So when I started looking at that, I was like, okay, I just went through the motions like, okay, Aries is the first fire. It's the spark of the fire. Okay, that makes sense. And how does it how does that uh, description, you know, of how Aries moves, it moves like a spark. And so I started sharing that with people, these stories. And that is when I started getting asked to look at people's charts. So I never was like, I'm going to be an astrologer. I was I was a construction worker at that time. you know. <laughs> so. So I, I, I never sought out to be an astrologer. I just started getting asked to look at charts. And I kind of was like, I, I don't know how you're supposed to do it. I just know these stories that made it make sense to me. Like once it was like this huge epiphany, like, oh, of course, that is why Aries is that way. This is why Taurus is this way. Uh, this is why the sun represents what it does. You know, so these stories emerged, which are the the foundation for my my entire work I do and the entire school, um, so they're, they're like the seeds that birthed everything. So it seems like through deep meditation, through just really pondering, through really kind of opening yourself up as a channel, you allowed that information to come in through your own intellect and just kind of developed your own astrology based on spiritual common sense, you could almost say. 
just on like yeah. looking at the cold, hard spiritual facts of certain things and the patterns that you have emerged. And, you know, like you said, all kinds of disciplines, whether it's, you know, sacred teachings or plant teachings or whatever, you're seeing these patterns. You start applying these patterns. And this is after you just kind of studied astrology for years and years as a really deep passion. And then once you mm -hmm. develop the living astrology, that's when people were attracted to you more. They wanted to know what you thought of things because they felt something very truthful and honest about your astrology. Would you say that's correct? Yeah, exactly. It was, it was like in that epiphany where it made sense to me. And that's like the key thing I always talk about, like astrology that makes sense and using the senses to make sense, you know? Um, so the elements and nature and things we experience and, um, you know, relating like, the way the solar system is shaped to how we experience what it's like to be a human being, you know? And, um, so yeah, through that, it, it, it was like the awakening that happened within me and the way it made sense started sharing those stories. And I love stories too, because it, it, it puts it together. It's not just information, you know, it's like you can actually see the journey of it. You know, you can see, why does Aries mean what it does? Where did that come from? Why does Taurus mean what it does? Where did that come from? You know, and the story of the planets, you know, the layers of the solar system that we're built in. We live inside of the solar system. So the way it's shaped, the way it moves, we move the same way and we're shaped and built out of that. So that that is where it came from. And then people just kind of from there were like, oh, look at my chart. And and I just used those stories in working with people and that that's where it all started basically. So once you first started doing that and you were giving people these new style of readings that you kind of developed on your own, what were some of their reactions? Did they feel like it was more authentic than anything they experienced before? I'm, I'm sure all the reactions were incredibly positive, but did it surprise you at first how, how receptive people were? Yeah. And in the early days it was like, I was, it was really basic. I was just kind of like, Oh, okay, well, you know, looking at your chart, listen and listening to people. That's the key too. is it's not about blowing someone's mind or telling them who they are, you know? Right. Um, but, but yeah, it was like, first of all, telling those stories to people, it was, <laughs> I kept getting the same response from people like, well, wow, I've never heard it put that way, but that makes total sense. And it was like, everybody would say that to me after sharing these stories with them. Um, and then they'd be like, oh yeah, could you look at my chart? And, and so I was like, sure, look at their chart. And, and everybody, it, it was amazing. Just, just the clarity, you know, that comes from that and, and the application of, of nature and using those elements to see and work with these things, it, it just makes everything tangible. And then it's not like you're just leaving someone with a bunch of thoughts, you know, it's like, you can actually go out and work with these things, you know, in these, these cycles. And, um, yeah. And so by, it was really by word of mouth too. It was like, I just kept getting asked and kept getting asked. And then finally I was like, I guess, I guess this is something maybe I should do, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and people were like, yeah, you should, you should charge people for this, you know, like, and I was like, okay. And, and you're trading your energy. I mean, it's your service, you know, there, you know, mm -hmm. you're trying, you know, you're putting your energy out there. People love to, to pay for things that are beneficial and are actually healing and sincere and honest. So people were feeling that. So they were like, okay, here, take my money, please. Like in a way, right? Like they were just like, please, can you just open an office and, and start this? So did you then, <laughs> once you d discovered that people were into it and that, like you said, it could be a profession for you and you would definitely be serving people. Like, 
did you get did you get an office or when did you decide to like take the leap and leave what you were doing your construction job or whatever you're doing before that and kind of focus on these astrological readings so yeah actually it was kind of the timing was interesting i started doing these and people were like you should charge and i was charging like 40 bucks 50 bucks and um and at that time i actually got laid off um from work and i was on unemployment i was actually on unemployment for like i think a year and so it gave me this time to just like focus in on on this you know and and getting asked a lot too you know just it was like someone would get get one and then tell their friend and tell their friend and and so through that too it was like i was learning how i should approach this which was you know at that point i was also really on on my own kind of spiritual and healing journey it was like really taking into consideration like i'm not just reading someone's chart you know and just like trying to blow their mind it's like there were people coming to me with like real real things like they wanted help you know and and so that was where my mind went it was like i'm going to use this this you know avenue of astrology but my goal is to help people to listen to people to help provide clarity you know the way that astrology has given me clarity um and and so that's the number one thing is is the healing and the helping um and you know astrology in the birth chart is just a tool set that i that i utilize you know but um but yeah so that's kind of where where it all began you know was was so, doing that and then i started getting asked to teach you know after that so, so the living astrology part so you're when you do a reading you know, we're going to talk about your amazing school. Oh my gosh, we have so much cool stuff to talk about your school. But when you're doing a reading, I, I really want to understand this. So you build it off of a traditional astrological reading. So then you'll give somebody a birth chart and they'll have, you know, everything up to the day, the houses, you know, the planets, all that. And then once you get that birth chart, you then add on your perception, the living astrology method to then define it further. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I guess basically it's like I use, you know, the birth chart itself, you know, the traditional birth chart that, you know, all astrologers use. That's like our tool. Right. Um, but the substance of what I'm talking about um, comes from those stories. And then also, again, this is why I don't call, um, the you know, I don't call them readings because <clears throat> there's a difference between a reading and a consultation. So so in a reading is like where it's kind of what you can do for yourself. You can go online and go, okay, I have sun and Libra. What does that mean? And you read it, you know? Um, and a lot of astrologers, that's what they do. They just, they have a chart. Someone gives them, you know, their birth time and they go, okay. And they start reading it off and okay, you have your sun here, Mercury here. This is what this means. And so they're just reading this chart to a living person. So in a way, you're just reducing a living human being to this this chart instead of <laughs> symbols. So what I do is I, I I utilize the chart, but I listen to people. So I've done probably near a thousand of them by now. So I've listened to a thousand life stories. You know, I always open up and tell people, you know, um, get, you know, tell me the general story arc of your life. You know, what was your upbringing like? And you know, maybe the major events and, and I tell people to bring it to the present moment, what's going on in their life, what insights are they looking for and what's their vision for themselves moving forward. And while they're sharing that with me, I'm just observing their chart and seeing how they've utilized it. Because, you know, and this is something else I always say is like your birth chart doesn't tell you who you are. It just shows you what you're working with. 
So it's kind of like um, imagine it's your tool set or your 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 palette of colors, right? So you're born with these specific palette, you know, this palette of colors. But the picture you paint, that's that's up to you. How you use those colors is up to you. So, for example, Sun and Libra, it's like a tool, right? Like a hammer. <laughs> you know, you can use a hammer to do a lot of different things. You can build a house with a hammer. You could tear a house down with a hammer. You could paint the hammer and put it on your art wall as a piece of art, you know? So there's many different ways to use this. So by somebody sharing their life story, it brings the chart then to life. And that's where the real insights come from. And that way it's kind of like a horoscope, which is the birth chart, right? It's like a telescope. If you don't point it at anything, you're not going to see anything, you know? So I have to listen and let someone's life filter through the chart. And then that's when you actually see things that, that really helps somebody. So, you is, know? That, so is that the living astrology? Like when you're bringing in yeah. your life story, that's where the living part of living astrology comes into play? Yep. That, oh and God. then the fact that I this utilize the living patterns in nature, you know, and I'm working with the elements. So, um, so we're looking at life, you know, and so the story of nature and the elements and how it moves, which is where astrology was born from, sharing that story with people and using that story of how life moves in harmony and listening to someone's else story, someone's life story, and then you put it together and it heals. Right. <laughs> you know, so but where we're off maybe in our life is where we've fallen out of balance with those natural rhythms and cycles. So nature is is the key. You know, nature is the the teacher and that's where the wisdom comes from. And that's where, you know, balance and harmony comes from. So if we look at our life and we just go, oh, this is where that disharmony is happening and you can find it in the chart, then you apply it to, to nature and, and work with that element. And it, it always works. It always helps, you know, and it always gives an insight, you know. Um, so that's that's where the the living astrology is like. I'm focused on life. Astrology is the second word. In it, you know, that's that's just the tool. You know, it's not the answer. It doesn't, you know, give you the answer it's part of the puzzle it's 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 almost like 30 yeah. percent. it's not even 50 percent, really it seems like it's like 30 yeah. percent. like you get the the birth chart and uh, where's the rest of it it's like where's the you know where's the beef you know if you're a child of the 80s you know what that means but like you know <laughs> so so okay so now you've got this new astrology system this living astrology that sounds so beautiful and so powerful and then now you want to teach it to people and people are requesting for you to teach it how did the school develop yeah. I mean, I was, I, you know, after doing a bunch of work with people, um, people were curious. They're like, man, like just the way you saw that and how you work with this is like, it's different, you know? And, and I had actually a lady who, um, she, she was an actual astrologer too, you know, and she's a practicing astrologer, but she had heard about me and, and she wanted me to, you know, do a consultation for her. And, and she was just like, I, she said, I learned more in this hour and a half with you than I've, I have in my last 30 years of studying astrology is like, she's like, you filled all these gaps and brought it to life. And she's like, you must teach this. You have to teach this way of doing it, you know? And, um, so after getting asked over and over, I kind of was like, okay, once again, I guess this is something I should do. (laughs) And, um, and so I was like, okay, well, how do I teach this? Like, 
it's not something I can tell people they memorize it and they got it. It's like you have to see it. And so this is where the school, you know, I was like, how, how do I help people to see what I what I'm seeing? You know, this 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 pattern. And, and um, so this is where, you know, I was like, OK, well, the school has to move with the seasons. We'll learn in accordance with the natural cycles, you know, so I was like, it can't just be here's you know, 15 lessons and that's it. It was like, we're going on a journey, you know, we're going to grow together. So at that time, um, I had a, it was like five students, people who wanted to do it. And we did, um, it was a uh, four three day weekends throughout the year. So we had springtime, we got together for three days and each day was dedicated to a sign and it's correlating planet and house. Um, and and so I did that for two years. I did two rounds of that. And then and then I started getting asked from people like, you got to do something. I can't come to you. I live, you know, in Vermont or something, you know, it's like, <laughs> can you can you put this online? You know, can you make a online thing? And um, so that's where I, I was like, OK. And I made a website and I started putting, you know, recording these videos and putting these lessons together and um and interestingly enough, like I did that, the first videos were on a camcorder, you know, and um, then that actually got me into, you know, oh, I can get a nice camera. What's a mirrorless camera? And so now I'm full blown photographer from <laughs> from that, too. You know, that's like my oh, wow. my hobby, you know, and, and um, but yeah, that's, so that that's how it all began, you know, and and now we're four years in on um on the online one, you know, and, and it's, it's amazing because we have people all over the world now. Um, you know, some students in Europe and Australia and Africa and, um, you know, it's and isn't like the that whole... a good feeling. Isn't that such a good feeling when you know that yeah. you created something Well, it came through you, but through your mm -hmm. own inspiration and, and intellect, you helped shape it and, you know, came through you and it's connecting with people all over the world. And they're doing living astrology. Isn't that such a powerful feeling? Don't you it's, just. It's the best. It's the most amazing thing. I can't even. Sometimes I say, I'm like, God, how did I get here? I was a construction worker. <laughs> this, is, this is like, <laughs> this is amazing, you know, and I get to meet just like the coolest people and, um, and then to see them implement it into their life in the way that is unique to them, you know, because it is such a this way we're learning it is it's it's something that is born within. It's like we all have these stories and this wisdom and um, and awakening that perspective. It just adds on to your life. And, it, and 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 there's not just one use. It's not like just looking at a chart. It's like it's so much more than that. You know, the, the thing that I share in this program. Well, it's programs. service. You know, we talk so much on this podcast about the value of service and how important it is to just do what you love and then, or, and what you're mm -hmm. talented, develop your talents and do what you love. And the money can be a byproduct of your service. It could be a lot of money. You can have a lot of money be a byproduct of the service, but the money can never be the goal. The goal is the service and it feels so good. Yep. I mean, it feels so good for me to be on this podcast. I'm sure Tyler feels the same way. It feels so good when we're just doing our service. We're just out there doing our service and people are benefiting from it. It's such an amazing yep. feeling. So one question I want to ask you about is, because this is something that I want to know about. So when you do a birth chart, like it's based on the nine planets of the solar system, correct? Or have, have they removed Pluto at this point? 
so no, it, uh, we still use Pluto. Some people, you know, there's different, there's so many different forms. You could add in a bunch of stuff. Some people add in all the, well, that's what I want to ask you about, whistles, you know, well, that's what um, I want to ask you about because there's supposedly, well, actually not supposedly, but there's dwarf planets. And I didn't even know about this yeah. till later in life. Like I, I'm embarrassed to say that I did not know that there was more than nine planets in our solar system. We just only count and now maybe even eight, we only count eight or nine, but there's places, dwarf planets like Eris, Haume, Make, Make, a Hawaiian word, Sedna. And actually there's 127 probable planets in our solar system for people that have never heard this before. Still blows my mind. And there's up to 500 possible solar type planets out there. So how do those fit into astrology? Well, this is where it's like, you know, there's the asteroids, there's all this stuff. And if you add all that in and you look at a chart, it just looks like a, a yarn ball, you know, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's a, it's a mess. And, um, so, so me, I, I, I don't use all that extra, the extra ones because one, we have to know en enough about, you can use it and relate it, you know, in a way that can make sense if you understand it, but we have to learn about it. Like we become aware of something you know, and it takes a while for it to reveal what it's about because mm. we have to learn how it moves. You know, it's like, right. for example, you know, we um, when we discover, you know, a planet, it's like, OK, this this seed of this this part of our own consciousness now has been planted. But it takes a full journey around the wheel for it to kind of awaken. You know, it's the same with us. Right. We're, um, as, you know, as we grow we're all different humans, but we have these same cycles, you know, um, at the age of two, Mars completes its journey from where it was when you were born and, and Mars literally awakens. We call it terrible twos for a reason, you know, <laughs> the, the, the planet of running, jumping, action, anger, the power of the word. No, you know, all of that, <laughs> that's Mars literally awakening at the age of two. Yeah, I have four kids. Uh, I know all about it, man. And then Jupiter, you know, just shy of a 12-year cycle, Jupiter's this huge gas planet, expansion, growth, and we see puberty happen around that age, and there's this this growth and expansion. And then, you know, the Saturn return, you've probably heard people talk about, that happens, you know, from 29 to 30. Yeah. And and so that's where we become an adult, because we're a child up until then, and then um, then we have our adulthood from roughly, you know, 30 to around 60. And then you could say the elder phase 60 to 90 and some people make it to another cycle, but, um, but yeah, so, so I, I only use all the way out to Pluto and then I use Chiron cause mm, Chiron is, is literally the number that. one. That's the one that it, it's prominent in my chart and it's, it's kind of everything. The work that I do, um, it's all Chiron based so it you seems know like, uh, the traditional astrology was based on the things that you could see with the planets you could see with the naked eye right because it's so Correct. ancient and then as we develop more technology we're discovering these other planetary bodies but we don't have the long-term data physical data or spiritual data to really determine how these uh these you know celestial objects affect us energetically so in time, let's say maybe a thousand, two thousand years from now, people will be go back and listening to this podcast and they'll be laughing at us because their astrology <laughs> will be including, or maybe even in the next procession of the equinox, another twenty six thousand years, they'll be including all those other things and their effects because they'll have that long term data. That's so interesting to think about. But I want to hear about Chiron. Tell me a bit more about Chiron. So yeah. <laughs> shows up in your chart 
And, and how does it, what is Chiron and how does it affect you? So, so Chiron is this little planetoid, you know, um, that was most likely caught in our solar system's orbit, you know? Um, so I, actually, I think if you don't mind, I could go through the planetary stories and that's really where Dude, I think please. it can all make sense. Please, please, um, please. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I think your listeners will really love this. It's, it's again, one of those foundational stories. Um, so basically the, to think about is we, we exist inside of the solar system. So, so the way it's shaped, the way it moves is how we move and how we're shaped, you know? Um, so kind of imagine everybody out there, you know, imagine like, um, our solar system, it's like, there's these layers, there's the sun at the middle, and then there's a Mercury layer, a Venus layer. So it's kind of like an onion, you know, or, or think of those, you know, those little Russian dolls where there's a doll inside of a doll. Matryoshka doll. So, yeah. So we're going to go, we're going to go from the center and move out. And I'm, and, and this is going to show you why the planets mean what they do and our relationship to it, you know? So so the sun sits at the very core. The sun is the life provider. It's the light that gives life to the, you know, without the sun, there is no solar system. So, so this is why the sun in your chart represents that core fire, that consciousness, the, the light, you know, it's your life body, essentially. So that's the core layer. That's the, the central layer. Um, and then there's Mercury, which revolves really fast around the sun, you know, well, what's the layer of our being that revolves around the center of our, our consciousness is the mind. So Mercury is the mind, the mental body. You know, Mercury spins real fast. The mind moves really fast. You know, it's the satellite for the sun. You could say the sun is our heart and Mercury is the mind. Mercury, though, he's so close to the center, sometimes he thinks he is the center, <laughs> you know, just like our mind's like, yeah, it's me. I'm <laughs> I'm the middle of everything. Good you know? old ego. And so there's a basic there's a basic teaching there too. Like if you identify with your mind or Mercury as you and your core, you're going to spin in circles around yourself forever. You'll never get to the heart of it, you know? So the sun is the heart, the center, and then Mercury is that mental body. Then we have Venus and Venus is the layer of the senses, the receptive body, the feminine body. So whether you're a man or a woman, we all are born, we have a feminine nature and a active masculine nature. So Venus is our receptive body, you know, how we, how we take things in, you know, and receive things. And then the next layer is the actual earth itself, which is our actual physical earth body, right? That's, you know, this is where we operate. We're here on earth. So just in that, you can imagine the earth is like this boundary. Now our physical body is a boundary from the internal planets of the sun, Mercury, and Venus which contained in your physical body are your senses, your mind, and your, your life force, your, your heart, your sun, you know? Um, and then, so we've reached this boundary. Now we have the physical body and revolving around the earth is the moon. So just like how Mercury revolves around the sun, our mind revolves around our consciousness. It's like the satellite, you know, that catches information, you know, for it. Um, the moon does that for the earth. So our emotional body revolves around our physical body. So the moon is the feelings and that's what, you know, it reflects the light of the sun and gives it to the earth. How do we feel and receive and reflect things? Um, so that's why on a new moon, the moon is on the inside of that earth layer. You know, if we go just like, you know, that doll kind of thing, the moon is on the inside closer to Venus, Mercury, and the sun during a new moon. On a full moon, it's on the outside. So it's opposite, you know, the sun. So it's out closer to 
the external planets of Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. Um, and then even that word, you know, emotion has the word motion in it, right? And that we have 13 moon cycles a year, and we look at our physical body, and we have 13 points of motion, you know, in the major joints. We have the ankles, knees, uh, hips, shoulders, elbows, wrists, and then the neck is that 13th point of motion. And then the roughly 28 days of a moon cycle, and count the joints in your hand, you have 28 of them. So the moon, you know, gives us that. And, and for example, that's why we tend to store our emotions in certain joints. So, so now it's like, okay, we have the body. And now the first planet outside of the Earth layer is the planet Mars. So Mars is now the active masculine body. So how do we run and jump and do things, you know, so actually moving. Um, and so now we have this ability to run, jump and move. Mars gives us that energy to do that. But why? You know, what's what's the goal? What's the story? What are all our actions amounting to? You know, and so that's what Jupiter, this huge gas planet. So now we're moving from rock planets to gas planets. Um, and so Jupiter is that part of us. That's our story. It's our our lessons. It's our goals. It's it's the growth, what all our actions are amounting to, you know, and um, if you think about it, your story, your beliefs, you know, all of those things are more etheric. They're not as solid. They're not it's not a rock planet, you know. Um, so Jupiter, you know, is kind of like the, the always positive, ever believing, you know, archetype, right? The one who believes just, you know, Jupiter's like, he talks to us like, if you believe you can do anything, you know, and that's just how Jupiter is, um, which is true. But then we have Saturn who comes along and says, yes, but you know, there's laws to this world. <laughs> there's, there's limitations to this world of reality, you know, so Saturn's this gas planet with ice rings around it, you know, and so just because, you know, Saturn says, yeah, just because you believe, you know, you can fly doesn't mean <laughs> you can jump off of a cliff and actually fly, you know, you have to work within my laws, you know, there's gravity, there's, there's time, this is how we created airplanes and, you know, paragliders, we're working within the laws, the structural laws of reality, this world we call reality. And that's what Saturn represents, that layer of, of reality. And it's the last planet we can see with the naked eye. So if you think about it, you know, what we can see with the naked eye is what we call the world reality, you know. And so Saturn is that last layer who holds this law of what we call reality, time and space. Um, and so to Saturn, though, you know, we're, we're all the same. You're a human. You're born. You live. You die. We're all, you know structurally the same but we all know there's something unique in each and every one of us you know that that is different you know we all are living within the same reality but yet we each have our own unique viewpoint that nobody sees it through and so this is what the planet uranus represents is the watcher the observer part of us you know and it's even a unique planet all the other planets spin like a top around the sun but uranus rolls you know as he as he goes around so he's almost like an eyeball that looks in you know into towards the sun part of the time and then out to the outer um planets part of the time so kind of think too it's like that part of us if we're looking at this world of reality there must be a piece of us sitting just outside of it or beyond it observing it so uranus is like that part of us that you know everything within saturn 
is affected and changed by reality. So our mind changes, our, our, you know, story changes, our emotions change. Um, but that one part of us that has been the same since the moment we were born till now, like everything physically is different. Everything mentally changes, but that observer, that part of you that is observing that is, and it's not visible to the naked eye, but it, it, that's, you know, that's what Uranus represents is that layer of our being. And like I said, he rolls around the solar system. Part of the time he's looking in and the other time he's looking out. So we have, when, we're, when he's looking in, it's kind of like we could say our waking reality, you know, the waking life right now that we are experiencing. It's all Saturn stuff. It's based in time and space. But then there's this other place we go, you know, that um, we call the dream time, you know, and it's kind of funny because we kind of write it off like, oh, it's just a dream. But it's like this is a real place that our consciousness goes to. But it's not bound by those Saturn laws of time and space. This is why you can be asleep for, you know, one minute and it can be a whole day, you know, in the dream. So this is what Neptune represents, that layer of the dream time and and visions, you know, in the spiritual realm, which doesn't isn't bound by the laws of Saturn, time and space, you know. So um, and this is really the source of everything. You know, if you look look around you right now, you know, any everything that a human created was first a vision. They imagined it. You know, they had a vision about it. And then it was built into this reality. So everything comes from that world of Neptune, the world of dreams, the, the, the realm of spirit, you know. And so when you're closer to that and you connect to that, that's where, you know, miracles happen. That's where, you know, things that see, are seemingly impossible are uh, the opportunity for them, you know, arises. So, so Neptune represents that layer of our being. And then when you move beyond that, you get to that little demoted planet, Pluto, <laughs> who, who, which is funny because people go, well, well, you know, Pluto's not a planet anymore. So so what does that mean for astrology? I'm like, well, it's still there. It doesn't matter what you call it, you know. <laughs> right. It's not you like call- it just like blew up or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like it doesn't change anything about it. It still moves the same. It's still there just because you say it's a planet or a dwarf planet, you know. That's that's astronomy, astro naming. They name things and decide what we call them. But um, you know, astrology is more about the the actual the logos, the logic. How how is it moving? You know, and what does it mean? Um, so Pluto, very small but very powerful. That's that's the layer because we're getting out now. You know, Neptune. You know, is is a hundred and sixty four year cycle. You know, so that part of us that moves in that time period. But Pluto is like the human soul, right? So there's, this is the part that we all share, you know, Pluto moves more civilizations and countries, you know, the United States is going through its Pluto return right now, you know? Um, And so Pluto is the human soul. So that's the one thing we all share, you know, we're all, we all have our own mind, you know, our own stories, but we all share the same human soul. We're all part of this one you know, being, which is humanity. And that's what Pluto is, is that layer, you know, of, of, of ourself, you know, it's like, this is why it's the planet of life and death, you know, that he's the bringer of death, which is also the bringer of life. And that's the one thing we all have in common, <laughs> you know, we're all gonna die, that means we're all alive, you know, all of us alive right now, you know, that's, that's something that that's what it means, you know, so Pluto is like that doorway of life and death, it's very small, but very powerful. Um, 
And so, so then there's Chiron and Chiron, we got to, you know, actually exists um, in his orbit is very unique. He has an elliptical path around the solar system. Um, so he actually crosses these planetary boundaries. So, you know, in this kind of layers that we've been building, we have that boundary. The Earth is the boundary, you know, our physical body from the internal planets and the internal world to the external world. And then Saturn, which is the boundary of the visible world of reality and the invisible, you know, realms of Uranus, Neptune and Pluto, you know, the the more visionary landscape um, and etheric areas. So Chiron, he is a 50, uh, roughly a 50 year cycle. And part of his orbit, he exists in between Jupiter and Saturn. And then he moves further out and he moves beyond that layer of Saturn and goes out by Uranus and, and Neptune. And then he comes back in. So he weaves that boundary of Saturn, of the visible planets to the invisible. So he has one foot in the visible world and one in the invisible world. So so he's the weaver of those things, you know, and this is why he's that planet of of healing. You know, that's when, when we're on a healing journey, we're we're weaving together those things, you know, like we have the physical body and this world of reality. But then we're talking about what about my individuality? What's my vision for my life and my purpose? And and so Chiron helps us to move beyond those layers of Saturn, our fears and limitations. And it can be through. Um, a conscious effort, you know, to to want to focus. Okay, where am I suffering? Where are my hardships? Um, and and how do I address them and begin my own healing journey? Or through sometimes a traumatic experience, you know, um, you hear it all the time, right? Like, oh, I got in this accident, and all of a sudden, I had this epiphany, and I have a vision now, and I realized the preciousness of life. So through that traumatic experience, they were ejected out and got in tune with Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, those layers of, of, of ourselves that in our modern society is not totally available to us, you know? And so, so Chiron brings us and gives us the opportunity to weave those together, you know? So. Is there so a Chiron the plan, return? You know? I, I This has been so beautiful. I hate, I don't want to interrupt it all, but I just want to ask you, is there like, you talked about the other planets have a return. Is there a Chiron return? And when is yes. that? So it happens um, at the age of 50 to 51. <clears throat> and surprisingly, so Chiron is my main focus because that's, I mean, as an astrologer, you're doing Chiron work, you know, healing is is what Chiron's all about. Um, and interestingly enough, I'd say at least a third of my clients are all having their, around their Chiron return. <laughs> you know, I get the majority of my clients um, and it's probably just because of me, you know, and my, my, what I bring in, you know, that, that focus on, on Chiron. And it's a frequency um, and it's an energy too, because they're needing to get in touch with their Chiron right at that time. And you're putting that energy out there in the universe. So of course right. they're attracted to you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so just through that story though, right. Of the planets, it shows you why those planets mean what they do. Everything in astrology means what it does because of what it is. Oh, you know, it's, that was it's actually I, really simple. <laughs> I've never heard that explanation before. And it was like absolutely incredible. Like, because I was really closing my eyes and really trying to visualize everything you were saying. And it's just so powerful because it really, the solar system really does reflect. I mean, you know, you, the, you hear people say microcosm, macrocosm, you know, and it, but it, yeah. it works on so many different levels and it's so multidimensional. And this is just another 
aspect of the microcosm macrocosm where your being your your living being the you is reflected in the macrocosm of the the solar system yep. and what they each represent and it's absolutely fascinating i'm abs- I, i'm i'm really blown away by this yeah i mean the core is we're we are nature we're reflections of nature and this nature on earth is surrounded by our solar system it lives in this solar system you know so um, so that's, that's really all that the astrology I work with implies, you know, is that the way nature moves is the way we move, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's like nature. I always say that too, to my students, like nature is your proof, you know, um, <laughs> cause there's a lot of astrology that is like very much in the mind and, and it's, it's fascinating. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can approach your personal journey of astrology. Um, but to me, the most profound things are the simple things, you know, just like taking what seems complex and just observing in a very um, sober way at just like nature and, and these the planets and how they move. And it's like that's where those those, you know, big epiphany moments, you know, come from is just that realization of how all of this complex thing of life, you know, at the core is is quite simple. And that's that's what makes it profound, you know, is is everything reflects upon that core pattern that right, I was kind of talking about. You can break it down about. to that pattern, but in that pattern is the infinite, you could say, because it yeah. contains everything. <laughs> this is just so amazing. I I want to know more about this. So is there other prominent things that were in your chart? Like, you know, you talked about Chiron, but then was there other prominent things that weren't planets that were in your chart as well that maybe could have been a focus as well that has a similar meaning to like all the other planets and and the sun that you talked about in the moon um well i mean personally my chart has um chiron is is in a direct what you call an opposition um which is 180 degrees so they're opposite each other okay um to to my moon so it's a very personal kind of thing uh. and and the planet uranus so my moon and uranus are um, what you would call conjunct. They're right next to each other. Um, and they're actually one degree apart, you know, so there's 30 degrees in each sign. So for example, my moon's 13 degrees Sagittarius and then Uranus is 15 degrees Sagittarius. So there's that gap at that 14th degree, but opposite Chiron is at 14 degrees Gemini. So it's almost like that Chiron fits in that gap, you know, and and it creates this line. Um, and yeah, and so this this is just something. It's almost like I guess if you simplified it, it's like in a way because of the house placement, I speak you know the language of Chiron, you know, and I share it with people. It's in my what you know the seventh house, which is the house of others where we relate. Um, and so so yeah, over time, you know, it was just like oh, this is this is how I speak. This is how things logically make sense to me and how I put these stories together. Um, and so, so yeah, it's just, it's kind of well, I can now see, obvious that that's, that's what I do. Well, you know? <laughs> I can see why your school's taking off. I mean, this is so powerful that, you know, you start doing this on a personal you know basis. You're, you can learn how to do this yourself by going to the school of living astrology, or you can get a reading from a living astrologer and it's going to be it sounds like it's going to be exponentially more personal and more authentic than a traditional birth chart reading. But before yeah. we get into that, I want to, you, t- you said something that I want to touch on. Um, you said that right now 
America is in its Pluto return. It's Pluto return. Mm -hmm. What does that mean exactly? And what does that mean for America? Well, um, to, I mean, but it's simply Pluto at its core, right. Is, is, is like, um, you bring up the words power purpose, you know, um, the soul and, and, um, Oh, if you look back, you could you could go look back at all other countries from when they begin. You know, Pluto's roughly a 250 year cycle. Um, and at the Pluto return points of countries and, and large things, you know, civilizations, there's always a shift and change in in power. And almost like you could say the the soul or the purpose of that country, like Rome fell in its second Pluto return, you know, so. Um, so yeah, there's usually like some shift and change in power, um, or the purpose of that group, you know, of, or that country, you know, um, and yeah, and currently the United States, you know, is, is, is going through and it's a long, you know, it's not like a quick thing, you know, cause Pluto moves very slow. So, um, you, we're kind of getting into the thick of it though right now. And it's pretty obvious you know so this and, is the and, midpoint when is america the end of america's pluto return like 20 30 years or what do you think um i mean it roughly you could you know depends on what you would define as as how wide a conjunction is but you know in probably four or five years you know that's when it's going to start to move beyond that wow. but um you could say we're kind of in in the middle of it you know right now um and interestingly enough as i said before too that when we discover a planet, it takes a full journey for it to go around for us to kind of um, bring it. In, it's almost like awaken it into our normal human consciousness. Right, so to really understand for its characteristics. Yeah. So like, for example, Neptune, from when we discovered it in 2011, it reached that point where it was when we first discovered it. And now, you know, you, 2011, now it's like that world of Neptune has opened up, you know, we saw it in smartphones and 3d movies and, um, just the fact that now if you can envision it, you can pretty much create it. And, and, you know, spirituality and, and connecting with that realm is no longer as obscure. It's like more common, you know, people are understanding, you know, Neptune on a different level. Um, but, but yeah, in 20, um, and speaking on Chiron, Chiron was discovered in 1977. Okay. So, you know, I always joke, that's when Star Wars came out, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, Yoda is like a Chiron figure, you know, okay. he, he's, he's, you know, the spiritual but, um, mentor. Yeah. And so, so in 2028, you know, in the years of 2027 to 2028, Chiron is going to reach that point. Um, where um it was when we discovered it and and there that's to me where that awakening is going to come so interestingly enough at the end of this you know the world superpower um having its pluto return at the end of that then chiron kind of awakens you know and chiron is the the healer you know and and right now i feel like i kind of explained this to to my wife the other day like um Chiron is like incarnating currently on this planet, you know, and, and he's that bridge builder between the seen and the unseen, you know, and he's, and that's, he's that healer planet. <clears throat> and so I feel like right now in a lot of different fields that, um, it's like if this Chiron bridge is going to get built right now, all the people are perfecting their craft, like 
some people are going to be the builders. Some people are making the plans, you know, um, but it's like they're perfecting their craft. And then come that time, you know, in the end of the 2020s, then the bridge starts getting built. You know, that's kind of how I I look at it, you know, within just seeing the natural evolution of it. Um, so I feel like right now there's a lot of these these Chiron things being awoken, you know, and people trying to to bring that about, you know, in their own unique way, you know, and um, and I see it in a lot of different fields, you know, and it, it really is that bridging of like the seen, the unseen, the past, the present, you know, and, and really being those bridge builders. For well, I have to say this podcast. Healing. Yeah, this podcast is very Chiron because this Chiron, yeah. this podcast is bringing people together from all different types of fields. And we're all trying to find our commonalities, which usually ends up being just love, just like pure love. It's like mm-hmm. where we find our, and then we're tapping into the otherworldly. We're connecting a bridge between this world and all those worlds, talking to wonderful people like you and so many others. So I would say the energy of this podcast is Chiron. And we are, we are on yeah. board with Chiron. <laughs> I'm feeling the Chiron frequency right now. Yeah. And Chiron's whole mission, you know, he's known as the wounded healer, you know, and so you get kind of different perspectives from astrologers like, Oh, it's your, it's your wound where it is in your chart. That's where your wound is, you know? Um, so that's where, you know, and fatalistic negative, you know, black and white astrologers are like, Oh, that's where, you know, you're going to suffer and stuff. Um, but, but so Chiron itself is human suffering. Now, if you look at human suffering, it's an inevitable thing. Like, part of life is is hardship you know and and there is suffering um but if you look at it it's like without that there would be no healing there would be no blessings in life there would be um you know that that wisdom it's almost like to earn that deep true wisdom of life you have to like go through hardship you know sure. it's 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 kind of ingrained in it you know in the hero's journey and everything so chiron's whole goal on, on a big level and then within each one of our charts is how do we train change our our suffering into a blessing you know how do we and and we do that through understanding and and that's what it means to like be a healer or go on the healing path is is just that you're addressing your your wounds and you're you're looking at it um and by doing that you know and not and not ignoring it you know you begin to learn and then it's also like the acceptance of that, right? When, when you stop looking at like uh, suffering as a negative or a bad thing, and you accept it as this is a part of life, you realize it's also your greatest teacher, and it provides you with the greatest wisdom you could ever want in life. You know, um, comes through that addressing the things that are hard, you know, and that are difficult, and that's where that that wisdom of life, you know, is born from that. So, um, you know. That's that's kind of Chiron's goal, you know, is to uh, the in a simplified way is just how to transform human suffering into a blessing. And what is that process? Yeah, it's like it's like alchemy. You're transmuting that you're transmuting the suffering into something useful. In the stories, Chiron was the teacher of alchemy, uh, astrology, um, music, the arts, the sacred rite of hunting, you know, and understanding life and death. Um, And he. You know, he was that one that, you know, in all those old myths, you know, all the the heroes, they learned from Chiron, you know, like the demigods, the half god, half humans, they were all sent to Chiron, you know, to learn. But he didn't teach him like a normal teacher. 
you know, he taught more through setting up situations that brought you to where you could understand your greatest wisdom and power on your own. So he wasn't like a, you know, you could say Saturn is like your teacher teacher, but Chiron is more your, he's like initiator, you know, brings yeah. you into initiations of, of your own, where you discover your own power. And, um, and so he would teach those arts that helped you to get there, you know? So this is um, Chiron, the yeah, figure, that, not, not the planet. This is Chiron, the figure of history and myth. Is that what yeah, you're talking the about? Yeah, the centaur, you know, and the myth, and the myths. And, okay. um, and it's profound, his story, you know, the myth of Chiron, he's uh, like the only figure, he's been to every single realm, you know? Um, and, and I mean, I could, I could share, you know, my perspective on Chiron's sure. story. And, yeah, go for it. Um, so, so basically Chiron was, you know, he was, uh, so one day Saturn who Kronos, you know, he was his father and he was down on the earth and he was mating with this tree nymph, tree spirit, you know, um, and his wife, Rhea came down looking for him, you uh -oh. know, and in order not to get caught, he transformed <laughs> himself into a horse and then he climaxed and ran off and didn't even realize he had impregnated, you know, this, this spirit. And so, um, so so Chiron was born as a centaur, a half man, half horse, you know. Okay. Um, and so there's that in the story, the initial abandonment, the father gone, you know. Um, but he was born an immortal because he came from, you know, Kronos um, or Saturn, you know, the figure of Saturn. And his mom, his mother, you know, was like, oh, my God, what is this thing I birthed? You know, it's this beast. And. So, you know, she was like disgusted and, and um, you know, begged Zeus to, you know, get rid of her suffering, you know, and transform her into, uh, you know, something else. And so he turned her into a linden tree, you know, and so he was abandoned by his mother and father. But because of that, he was on this mountain, Mount Pelion, where he was raised by nature. He was raised by the animals and, and the plants. And um, so he grew up, you know, kind of wild, you could say, right? Until, um, you know, the, the sun and the moon god, you know, Artemis and uh, Apollo came along and, and found him. And then they took him in and, and started teaching him, you know. And so you could say the sun and the moon adopted him, right, <laughs> and started teaching him the ways of hunting, music, how to, you know, read the stars and how to work with plants and how to heal, you know. And, and he excelled at these things. Um and so then he became known, you know, as as this person who was, um, you know, really uh, gifted in the sacred arts, the healing arts and, uh, you know, music and hunting and all that. And so that's when, you know, he kind of started getting asked to teach and he started teaching, you know, the demigods, the half gods, half humans. And he built this uh, thing called, that he called the Chironium, you know, which is where my website name came from, nice. which is it's like his healing temple where he did his work he has like observatory and he taught the school he taught his he you know ha had all the the demigods come and and you know he taught you know achilles and um he taught uh hercules you know and and jason from jason and the argonauts and put them all on their quests basically you know um and so at this point you know he's he's teaching and then 
he told Hercules, you know, um, you're going to fight this, this beast called Hydra, you know, which was that multi-headed, you know, beast. And, and he's like, the blood of Hydra is the most poisonous poison in existence, you know? So what you're going to do when you defeat it is dip your arrows in that blood and it'll help you to defeat, you know, the Namian lion, which you'll have to face later. Um, which kind of was symbolic for like his, his own ego, the lion, you know? Um, so, so he did that and, and Hercules ended up coming over and, you know, visiting uh, Chiron. He let all these other centaurs that were born out of storm clouds live on his mountain with him, you know, and they were kind of drunkards, you know, they were partiers, wild, you know, these other centaurs. And Hercules was friends with them. And so he came and they he, he basically they got really drunk and this brawl, you know, broke out one evening. And uh, Chiron, he was up in his, you know, Chironium and in his lab, you know, studying and he heard this commotion and he came out to see what was going on. And Hercules was drunk shooting these arrows in all these different directions, you know, and, and one of those arrows, you know, went and hit Chiron right in the leg. Oh. And so, you know, he runs in in pain and he, but he's an immortal. He can't die. Now this, this, this arrow with this blood of Hydra would kill any, anything, you know, immediately, but he was an immortal. He couldn't die. So he's suffering, you know, and he's, He's he's in this excruciating pain and he's a healer. So he's like, I'm going to try and heal myself, you know. And so so now, the you know, from then on, he was trying to heal himself. He never could because it's an incurable wound. Um, but so due to him trying to heal himself, even though unsuccessful, he created all these different healing ways and healed, you know, thousands upon thousands of other people. And so that's kind of a teaching our own wound our own suffering that we may never ever heal completely by us addressing that that's going to give us the gifts to help other people, you know, so our wound can help other people. And so, so he, you know, continued to try and heal himself and never did. And this is where his story overlaps with Prometheus who stole the fire from the gods and gave it to humanity. Chiron loved the gods and he loved humanity. You know, he was kind of in the middle and he taught, you know, the half God, half humans. Um, and so he heard Prometheus had done that and Prometheus has, you know, his, he was sentenced because of what he did to be chained to this rock. And every day this uh, eagle would come and, and eat out his liver and then it would grow back again, you know, and every day that would happen. And the only way Prometheus could get released is if an immortal traded places with him. So Chiron, you know, heard of this and then he Chiron within himself had this understanding of like, well, how do, how can I actually live if I can't die? How, how, you know, I, I won't actually ever have lived, you know, and he was kind of jealous of humans and how they, they were born and then they died. So their life was precious, you know, and, um, and so him suffering too, it was kind of like, okay, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm just suffering forever anyway. Um, so he traded places with Prometheus and then gave up his immortality. And so then he became mortal and then he died. So, so he was born immortal gave up his immortality. And then now he went into the underworld where he met his other brother who was Hades, you know? Um, and from that, you know, Zeus was like, Oh, well, because of, you know, his, his kindness and, and this act that he did, I'm going to now immortalize him in the heavens as the sign of Sagittarius. So he was then placed in the heavenly realm, <laughs> you know? So now he was immortalized. So, so he'd been through, he was immortal. And then, he gave up his immortality and then he 
you know, became mortal and went into the underworld. And then he got immortalized and went into the heavenly realm, you know. And then now in 1977, he comes back to us as a little planetoid, you know. Um, so he's gone through all these layers. That's why he's the weaver, you know. His story is one of the great quest of, of healing, you know, and um, understanding life and death and mortality and immortality. And and um, so, so, yeah, his story is just, full of 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 these these teachings you know just by sharing the story alone you know and applying it to our own life too and so one of the great teachings of that story is that um you know his death and going and he gave up that immortality but he also it's it's like dying to the view that suffering is negative you know dying to that viewpoint and then that's how he became immortalized when you realize and accept like suffering as a part of life, the perspective, instead of good and bad, it's, it's, it's like now you move out of that black and white, you know, and you understand, oh, you know, healing is a part of life, you know, suffering is a part of life. And, and when you accept it, then that's where the immortalization comes in, you know, and that's where real truth and wisdom and understanding is born from. So, um, so yeah, that's my interpretation of, that was, you know, Dude, that was absolutely <laughs> incredible. That was absolutely incredible. And it helps people understand the frequency of Chiron because there's the myth mm -hmm. mythological Chiron that then applied to this celestial body. You know, so you're, you're taking on the frequency of Chiron when they gave that name. And it has all this history, this alchemical history, this mythological history. And, you know, it sounds very similar to other healer leader people that, you know, or around the world in their mythologies. There's, there's those patterns yep. that come into play and it's so powerful, but you know, we, uh, you know, we got all the time in the world. We got as much time as we want, but I want people that are interested in what you're talking about, especially with the living astrology, because everything you said was interesting. So I, you know, they want to know more about you. How do they find out about living astrology? How do they find about, how do they find out about the school of living astrology? Well, everything can be found on, on my website, which is, you know, the chironium.com, you know, so T H E and chironium, C H I R O N I U M. Um, okay. and that's where the school is hosted. You can find information about that. Um, also, um, uh, earlier this year, my partner and I, we, we started, um, uh, doing YouTube videos. So I have the Chironium YouTube channel. I had to take a break because I just became a father. Uh, Congratulations. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> two months ago. So what, yeah, what, what yeah, month is this? Well, this is October. So that was uh, August, August. Yeah. August 31st. And, oh, um, my, I have a daughter who's born on October, August 31st, actually. You do? Yeah, I do. My, my fourth oh, wow. child, my daughter Lotus, she was born August 31st. Well, yeah, same birthday. <laughs> Yay, all right. It sounds like we'll be having some shared birthday parties in the future. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, let me tell you, Virgos, ah, you already know. I don't need to tell you anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're fun. You know, I'm a Libra, Libras and Virgos. Let me tell you, that's very general, yep. though. When I say Libras and Virgos, what I'm saying is very, very general. Tyler will tell yeah. me that's extremely or, general. Okay. But, you know, there's in that general. Well, I mean, you know. Our heart, our son, you know, that that simplified version is just, you know, our son, you know, expresses that quality of that, you know, that sign. Um, 
So actually, the term, instead of saying, I am a this, you could just say, my my son, my heart expresses through this sign, you know, because we all have every sign within us. We all have a, an Aries side, a Taurus side, a Gemini side. Um, so, but yeah, you know, it, there obviously the sun is a very important part of our chart and it's, you know, it, it's where the light comes from. Why is it so, that people focused on that so much to make kind of like this really palatable, simple astrology? Why do they focus on the sun side so much? Uh, because of, you know, obviously it's the central part of the chart. It's easy and um, it can be written really easily. Okay, <laughs> you know, there you go. Be, and the idea of it could be very much sold, you know, and, and there was sure. a time where, you know, fortune telling and, and all of that, you know, became a thing. And, um, yeah. And again, generalized, right. It's, right. it's, it's just, it's just that, you know, and it's one in 12. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so, so, okay. So let's say somebody, I, say I knew that there was more than 12 people on this planet, you know, <laughs> when, I, when I understood, you know, that there was depth and then each sign too has 30 different degrees and, and then the signs themselves, that 12, breakup pattern you know it's uh -huh. more for our mind it's and and the beginning of a sign much different than the end of a sign so i always tell people think less in terms of pie slices and think as a rainbow right you know each sign slowly shifts into the next you know it's and it's like green slowly going to yellow you know yellow slowly going to orange yeah and, there's aren't these aren't uh, these hard cutoffs there's actually a little bleed yeah. over in frequency of color frequency and then the energy of the signs yeah. there's there's bleed over okay so look let's say somebody out there that's listening around the world they want to get a reading from you personally like they want a living astrology reading from you personally do you do that anymore yeah, or you do. Yes. So then how would they get yeah, a hold of you if they wanted to do just that? Maybe not sign up for the school, which is so beautiful and uh -huh. you should sign up for actually give it a high, my highest recommendation, but they want to get a reading from you. Where, where do they get that? Um, well, they, they can basically, if they go to my, if you go to my website, there's a, there's a tab that is consultations and, um, that, tells you all about, you know, the process of it and how to email me. Basically, okay. there's a little form there. Um, yeah. And then basically just through email, we correspond and then set up a time and schedule. And um, right now I'm, you know, I, I get booked up. There's waves that come in and out, you know, so sometimes it's a little far out until we can get together. But um, you get there eventually. But yeah, right? that's that's, yeah, that's, that's how you can, you can find, you know, out about that. And cool. then, this, like I said, everything's on the website, the school, the consultation work. Um, and then, yeah. And, and a lot of my focus now too is, is, um, you know, I, I'm really, really over the last two years have gotten obsessed with the world of cameras, and <laughs> film photography and cinematography and, you know, making videos. So, um, so yeah, YouTube is a big thing I've wanted to do is just share a lot of these teachings on YouTube. And it's not just astrology. It's, 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 you know, all things of the Chiron arts and, and, you know, interviewing other people too, and just making nice quality cinematic videos, you know, for, cause I, I, I love creating things. I'm a sure. very creative person. And so I love story. And so I was like, Oh, you know, I love photography and making videos and putting the stories and my creativity. Um, that's something I really want to do. So you can find me again on YouTube at, you know, find the channel is called the Chironium. Um, 
and then yeah and then obviously there's instagram i have uh you know the living astrology um instagram page where i post a lot of photos too and and um yeah all those social media things you if you search you know you'll the chironium it. or living astrology you'll probably find it or school of um, living astrology literally actually yeah. all you have to do is put in I, I did this on google you just put in living astrology and just tyler living astrology tyler you'll find it but school of living yeah. astrology boom that's even going to find it even faster the chironium you know, you'll find it. We'll put the website, of course, is going to be on our website, Midnight on Earth. When we post the episode, you'll see it. You'll have all the information, so you'll be able to find Tyler. And, you know, we're going to have Tyler back in the future. You know, we want to, we want more of his consultations. We want to get his opinions on world events as things go through through the living astrology filter. We're, is that okay? Can we talk touch base with you in the future, Tyler? Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, yeah, I, I love this. The, I've been interviewed once before, but like the world of podcasts, you know, I, 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 I listen to a lot of different podcasts, you know, when I'm working sometimes and stuff. So I, I'm, I'm all about, you know, participating in that. And I love the, the free form talk, you know, just kind of like conversating and, and sharing. Cause I do a lot of like, you know, in my school, okay, I'm making a lesson and I have to like sit and talk to a camera by myself. <laughs> you know, I love right. the back and forth, you know, allowing my Libra to, to move, you know, <laughs> and my Libra, cause we're both Libras yeah. and we both have daughters born August 31st. This is so cool. Yeah, I have a feeling <laughs> we're going to hang out really soon. I mean, we have mutual friends, you know, episode yep. four, Jason Scott, alchemy and spagyrics, go back and listen to that episode. It was so good. You know, he's a mutual friend. We're all mutual friends because we're spiritual people. We have similar frequencies and we're on a spiritual path. And the goal of humanity, I think, is to initiate uh, a heaven on earth. We, we just have to make the earth the best possible planet we can be. And, and I'm doing it with this podcast and Tyler's doing it with his school of living astrology. Jason Scott's doing it. So many people are doing it. And, and we're just out there making the world a better place. Yep. All right, man. Well, on that note, we're just going to go ahead and... Hit the outro music. Awesome. We'll see you next Thank time. You. Thank you for being on the yeah. show. Good night on Thank Earth, y'all. Thank you. Earth, appreciate y it.